Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. As is usual, I have as my co-host, Chuck Nice. Chuck. Hey, Neil. Uh, always good to have you, Chuck. Oh, come on, man. It's always it's better for me to be here than it is for you to have me. Better for uh, me, I'm saying. Th- okay, that's complicated. I yeah, that is. That. That's, okay. yeah. Uh, how about okay. this? How about this? Thanks, Neil. <laughs> There you go. There you go. I can follow that. All right. So we 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 have on our show today a friend of Star Talk. He's been on Star Talk before, and anyone who's been on Star Talk before, I call him a friend because they decide to come back. So that's evidence that they're friend. We have the one and only Levar Burton. Levar, welcome back to Star Talk. Thank you so much, Neil. It, it, it has been more than a minute, and um, I, I was I was wondering if it was something that I said the last time I was here that oh. uh, <laughs> that, that that prevented this invitation from having come sooner. I think it's I think it was it'll be a cold day in hell before you guys see me. <laughs> yeah. that, it might have had something to do with that, Levar. <laughs> and by the way, uh, Neil, I just want to say before we go any further, uh, you're saying his name wrong. It is. National treasure, LeVar Burton. Okay. Okay. Ooh. I have to think about that. I, right. He's definitely a national treasure, but I, that takes too long. Okay. Uh, let okay. me go. I'll come up with something better by the end of the show. All right. Okay. Fair in, enough. In, uh, in, in TLB works for me. I'm just saying. NTLB. <laughs> 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 NTLB. The notorious NTLB. <laughs> oh, that's so, so cool. The, the, so the last time we were together, LeVar. You fulfilled a, a sort of a dream of mine because I remember dreaming. I wish someone would read to me. Good night, good moon. night, moon. Yes, sir. And then you, the way we filmed it, like you showed up, it had that, that wavy sort of dream yes, uh, right. video, and then you showed up and yeah. you read it to me, and yeah. that that is so many people found that so endearing, including me. That yeah. I just want to thank you for agreeing to that, and uh, it's, it's just part of your thing. It was a it was a pleasure. It was an it was an opportunity that could not be passed upon. Okay. Um, and and uh, and and you're right. I mean, it, it it did go a little viral, didn't it? 
Um, yeah, yeah, a little viral. Yeah, could have, I think it, it had room for more virality, but you think? I'll, I'll take what it got. I'll take yeah. what it got. Yeah. But of course, I posed that question to you, and you fulfilled it because you you have made a modern career of supporting reading. But let me get back to that in a minute, and just just for people, just to fully introduce you, we all the old timers all saw you on Roots. Okay, so as Kunta Kinte, and by the way, I think uh, Chuck, are you old enough to remember Roots? Had every single black black actor in the universe and everywhere, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and that's what I'm made pretty it so, sure. Yeah, well, you know, it was just one of those vehicles that was difficult to get white actors to play. <laughs> 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 we could have put him in but, blackface, but, but no. But let me <laughs> tell you, let me just say, they tried. <laughs> you know Hollywood. Yeah, you know how they try. Yeah, man. I, I, you know what? I, I, I will say this though about about Roots casting, um, because th there, there were, I mean, so many luminaries. My very first day as 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 an actor uh, on Roots, Cicely Tyson played my mother. Wow. Uh, Doctor Maya Angelou played my grandmother. That's that's day one on, on set. Yeah, um, yeah. There's no way to go after that. I mean, right? gosh, yeah, yeah. Where are you going after that? But as as regards the the the, the you know the white characters, I thought that. David Wolper, the producer of Roots, did a brilliant job of hiring all of America's, think about this, all of America's TV dads played villains in oh, Roots. Oh, wow. To lower the barrier of entry for white America to this story. Lauren wow. Green, right? Yes, uh, yes. Chuck Connors. Right. Chuck Connors. These are heroes. Vic These Morrow. are white American dad heroes in- Papa Brady, Robert Reed. Um, Lloyd Bridges. So this was on purpose. Oh this my was purposeful casting. This was intentional. That Ed Asner and all of these other all these lovable leading the men. lovable leading men from television played villains in Roots. Wow, that's that's really brilliant move. It, it is. And Anna, 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 I think it's still big of those actors because not all actors want to play a villain, right? They yeah. think it might mark them right. or mess up their career. So uh, uh, more power to everybody yeah. who, mm -hmm. who was involved in that. So yeah. thanks for that bit of trivia for that. However, yeah. just a point of trivia, uh, all those actors stayed out of Detroit for quite some time after <laughs> This is true. This is true. <laughs> none, none of them went to certain metropolitan areas <laughs> until the until the mid 80s. Right. <laughs> so uh, so after that we found you in the in the uh, resurrection of the Star Trek series mm -hmm. in Star Trek Next Generation as of course Jordy. Yeah! Uh, my favorite part of you wasn't well, had nothing to do with your acting or anything or that you were black or anything is that you could see all bands of the electromagnetic spectrum. That was yes. the baddest ass. That was, that that was, was really cool. physics gangster to me. It wasn't just, it I, just I, it really was. I mean uh, seeing all of the electromagnetic spectrum um is is something that um uh not many people understood. Right, um, right, right. Not many people understood. Uh, it was and what lost the hell is an electromagnetic spectrum, right? right I mean, what is going right. on there? Yeah. Um, but, but but I thought it was scripted well because when yeah. you were given the chance to describe what you saw, right. there was a little bit of explanatory note in every one of those mm -hmm. uh, bits of commentary. So I thought that the, the scripting did a good job bringing the viewer along yeah. into you into and your. And you saw all the stuff that nobody else could too, which was so right. cool. Right. Yeah. Right. And I have thought about that, though. 
Uh, maybe if you see too much of the electromagnetic spectrum, it would be too visually noisy. Mm -hmm. for, for example, right now, if you had such vision, you would see all the microwaves darting back and forth, going into your cell phone. You would see radio waves for with carrying television. You would see so much. Right. And, and, and maybe if you see too much, you end up seeing nothing. Well, you know what? I, I, I actually had to figure out what it was Jordy saw, at least to satisfy my actor's process. Right. Mm, so mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. imagined I imagined Jordy's vision through the visor, um, a lot like being a lot like hearing our hearing. You can be in a room and you can you know you, you can be aware of the 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 you know the low hum of 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 the refrigerator and you you can hear that conversation. You can sort of defocus and and focus on one or the other. We hear a lot of things simultaneously, but it is our brain and awareness that filters out that which we do not need to focus on in the moment. And right. so I imagine Jordy's vision a lot like that, that even though he had access to the entire EM spectrum, he could be absolutely selective in terms of what band of information he was seeing. Well, that, that's brilliant, and, wow. that's, that, and that's how that's how it would go down for sure. I, that's, so, that was my that was my thought. That was my feeling. Yeah, 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 very very good work there. And so, of course, the Star Trek um, fan base is is huge and ever growing and loyal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that surely is a part of your life, just managing that side of your fame. But there's a whole other community of people to whom who are endeared to you for your commitment to reading. Mm -hmm. And it's not just reading, because mm -hmm. right, it's reading, but reading and storytelling. Yeah. And storytelling. So tell me something about storytelling, other mm -hmm. than the obvious, like, oh, we all like storytelling, but yeah. tell me more from, because you're in the middle of it. In fact, you're redefining it as we go into this next generation when nobody is reading, yeah. right? So what, yeah. what tactics and methods and tools are you invoking? And, and, and what's the importance of it? Well, there there are a, a couple of ways to a, a approach the answer to that question. One, um, in terms of tactics, I have whole hog embraced technology as a conduit for literacy, um, because I think that the the evolution of storytelling and storytelling is as essential to humanity as as is breathing oxygen in my view, right? Storytelling contains all of our hopes, our uh, aspirations, uh, all that we hold dear, all of that, that which has meaning to us is contained in the stories that we tell. Yes? I, I am, I, I'm, I, <laughs> I don't want to stop you because you want to okay. roll. Yeah, so keep going. Really good. The fact so, that Chuck is silent, yeah. further evidence just, I, well, you know, well, going, he dude. was doing. He was. He was so convincing and compelling. I was just like, I, I'm going to start reading. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the, that's no. That's not the biggest compliment. The biggest compliment is unstated. There is Chuck is saying to himself, "Damn, I don't even have a joke for that." Yeah. <laughs> that that's yeah. Chuck's highest compliment that's, when that's somebody's true. talking. So true. Okay, come well, on, please continue. Continue. Well, so, so given that everything that that we 
embrace as essential to who we are and, and this, this journey that we're on as human beings. G given the importance of it, we need to recognize that it is only a, a series of technologies that have enabled us to carry uh, this torch yeah. for storytelling throughout the ages, throughout the history of humanity. We, we began with cave paintings, right. right? And then gathering around the fire and, and, and telling stories about the day's hunt, um, you know, when, 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 when language became a part of how we related to one another as human beings. We, we then moved into the, the, so that gave birth to the oral tradition, oral storytelling, which gave way to the written word, that technology of, 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 you know, stylus and papyrus right. was a sea change for how we told stories and communicated. LeVar, people don't often think about that as technology, but it's it is. Text, it's, it is it's, technology. It's a whole invention. It's, an, it's, a, it's, it's a whole invention. Okay. It gave rise that to has an entire industry. Exactly yeah. right. Scribes. It has scribes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it had impact, right? And then mm -hmm. that, that written technology gave away to printing the right. printing press right was another whole advancement in technology that impacted storytelling and and which which then led us into the the you know the 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 moving picture and sound right of film and television which i sort of categorize as as the the cool fire we gathered around the cool fire now oh. to 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 share <laughs> stories right and now we're in the digital age, um, and 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 that's another advancement. So I've embraced. I've and 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 when when we brought Reading Rainbow back, we brought it back for the digital generation, right? We used television to advance reading, to 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 cement the relationship between a child who is learning how to read and and literature. I I, I like to say that you know if, if you can take a kid who can read and make them a reader for life. Then you've done something, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that was mm -hmm. the whole point of, of of reading Rainbow. So I, I, the answer to your question is, I have embraced technology, Neil, in the service of promoting literature and literacy because that's simply what my ancestors. That is the great wow. tradition of it's that. The great tradition of ages, right? right. right. Exactly. Right. right. And and a couple minutes way, left. I was going to say just before we, because I know we're running short for this segment. But uh, speaking of reading Rainbow, you read to Neil. Good night, moon. Yeah. Would you please read to me the bedtime story, Go the F to Sleep? It would be my pleasure. <laughs> Chuck, it would, that it would, would be, be my awesome. I was in the kids' section and I stumbled on that book. Yeah. And I said, wow, where was that book when I had kids <laughs> real young? <laughs> right. <laughs> who 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 lost their job because go, because go the f to sleep was in the children's section of, of the bookstore? Who lost their job? That is so funny. Because <laughs> somebody should have lost their job. That's a real book, people. Just so you know. Yeah. Just, we got one minute left. It's just in this segment, Levar. Um, does sci-fi have any special role in storytelling relative to stories that just take place in everyday life? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think that, that science fiction or speculative fiction, as, as, I, as I prefer to call it, um, is, is absolutely relevant because it's political. Inventing the future is a radical act of political statement. Mm. Nice. So you can have a force, uh, you can introduce a force of change on people's yes. 
moods, attitudes, and thoughts. Yes. By inventing the future. Absolutely. So in the flow of time from the Mm -hmm. present and the future, you can put basically messaging in there that influence how people actually make the future happen. And a very important, I hadn't thought about it that way. Because most fiction is just, oh, you know, they met in school or whatever. It's just something happening in the here and the now. And, oh, that was a nice story. Now let me go on to the next story. And nobody's thinking trajectories into how they might behave politically, culturally, economically, socially, Mm -hmm. uh, genderly, racially in the future. These are all clues and cues for how we might adopt and adapt um, going forward. Wow. That's that's pretty mm-hmm. damn going awesome. And l- let me end the segment by saying, it's like probably the seventh time I've, I've recited this in this show, but it's got extra relevance in this moment. So, LeVar, I, I spent some time briefly with Ray Bradbury, okay, mm-hmm. famous sci-fi mm-hmm. author. Mm-hmm. And he recounted a story. A woman came up to him one time and said, you know, Mr. Bradbury, why are all your stories so apocalyptic? You know, do, do you really think that's going to be our future? And he said, no, 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 no. I write that so you know to avoid it. <laughs> and I said, oh, wow. oh, right? That's good. Yeah, that is good. That's, that's good. good. Yeah, well, that. guys, we'll take a quick break. When we come back to Star Talk more with our interview with he who is a national treasure, LeVar Burton. We're working on that. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, Chuck Nice. We'll be right back. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. 
Games Rated E for everyone. Hey, I'm Roy Hill Percival, and I support Star Talk on Patreon. Bringing the universe down to Earth, this is Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. We're back, Star Talk. This is kind of a hybrid edition where we had a nice long chat with LeVar Burton in the first segment, but now this is our Cosmic Queries segment. Yeah. And so many fans out there, LeVar, you know they're out there. Uh, but before we go to the first question, as, as, as the reader-in-chief mm-hmm. in, the, in, in, in the country and in the world, uh, is there a book you're reading right now? Um, right now, I'm reading an awful lot of uh, short stories um, for my pot to prepare for my podcast. I have a podcast. Um, oh, oh my gosh! Oh yeah, tell tell Le- tell me about it, please. Levar Levar Burton reads um, where I I really choose- that's the name of your podcast. Uh, I, <laughs> I tr- <laughs> we we try. You, you have a yeah. podcast where you read. What's yes. the name of your podcast? LeVar, we, we, I love it. I we, love. we tries to keep it simple. Yeah. We tries to keep it simple. <laughs> I'm okay. looking at a podcast called Chuck Watches TV. <laughs> Wait, I would subscribe to that shit. I would. I would. I would, I would love to watch you guys. Okay, so LeVar show. Burton reads. So, so basically, Where, it's like a book club, right? Well, not, not exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Because I have a book club too for the first time. Um, okay, but that's but maybe we can talk about that uh, a, a little bit later. But the podcast Lavar Burton reads. I pick a different piece of short fiction. I'm a huge short story fan. I love so I, short stories. That, that's what I, Twilight Zone was all about. Short exactly stories. right. They were yeah. short stories. Mm-hmm. I pick a different piece of short fiction in every episode, and I read it to you. And I like to say that the only thing these stories have in common is that I love them, and uh. I hope <laughs> you will too. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. All of my time is taken up. My 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 reading for pleasure time is taken up with finding stories for the podcast. We are um, finishing recording season nine and about to start recording season ten. Um, oh, so, so my gosh, oh, yeah. I'm embarrassed that I, you, you've been at this for, for a while. So, yeah, okay, we, yeah, we have twelve twelve episodes to a season. Um, uh-huh. and, and season nine is currently uh, available uh, wherever you get your podcasts on. There you go. Well, well okay, there, well, congratulations on that. And I'm going to tune in because I love me some short stories. Yeah. Particularly I the ones with good twists at the end. And, and, and I lean heavily sense. into speculative fiction because it's my favorite genre, you know, when I'm reading for personal pleasure and enjoyment. So I, I, I uh-huh. lean heavily in, into sci- sci-fi, fantasy, um, you know, the whole speculative fiction bag because uh, that's, what, that's what makes me happy. Okay, and quickly, t- tell how do we find your book club? Uh, LeVar Burton Book Club, uh, it's at Get Fable. Um, so the technology has advanced so that I could actually conduct a book club in cyberspace, right? So mm-hmm, I, ch- mm-hmm. I, I, I choose the books. Uh, the first book we did was Go Tell It on a Mountain by Baldwin. Um, then we read Octavia Butler's Parable of the Sower. You know, you know what's great about this? There are many people who do like to read, but how do you know what to read next? Yeah, right. And if you curate this, oh my gosh. This, 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 is, are, this is a path to enlightenment. I and, love it. And I'm right there in the app Having conversations, commenting, uh, interacting with other members of the book club—it's—it's—it's it's, it's perfect. It's a real-time thing. It's a—it's a—it's a beautiful thing because it's—it's it's real. I'm actually having interactions with with the fans and and folks who are, are and we're all reading the same thing at the same time and talking beautiful about it. It's thing. pretty cool. Okay, all right, super cool. All right, so let's get to this, Chuck. 
right, give it to me. Let's jump right into it. Here it is. Okay, uh, all answers have to be given in ten, in fifteen, within fifteen seconds, so we can get through these. Okay, here we go. Okay, Lavar, you got to go in soundbite mode. Lavar. Okay, here okay, we go. soundbite mode. Here we go. Okay, go. Hello, Neil, Lavar, and Chuck. My wife, Maria. Oh, sorry. This is David Goldberg. Hello, mm -hmm. uh, Neil, Lavar, Chuck. Uh, my wife Maria wanted me to ask you, Lavar, how you were able to deliver all of the Star Trek techno babble in such a fluent, natural, believable way. We love you. Thanks for everything. Oh. <laughs> love, love you too, Maria. Um, the, the the methodology was very simple. Um, as as uh, as Jordi LaForge, chief engineer of the Enterprise, I spoke as quickly as possible, giving the impression that I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's tremendous. Right, because it's just sitting there ready to come out. It's just Well, memorization is another thing. It's like memorizing the phone book. There's it's 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 not in response to anything, it's just information. And so um, that was the challenge, the memorization. The delivery, once it was up there, you know, I could spit it out and then you know, and then then it, it dumped out of my short term, and and it was gone. Cool. Oh, I got it. Okay, yeah. so so, but I, so that implies these are two separate elements of your acting. Yes, right. There's the okay. memorization, and and then the delivery. Right. And right. the rote memorization means it's this is natural to you. Yes. No one has to know that you forgot it two minutes later. Nobody it just came has out to know that like part. Like it's autonomic. Yeah. yeah. Exactly <laughs> right. That's that's right. It it flowed. It it flowed trippingly. Off the tongue, as they yeah. say. But um, it does but, have whoa. to be, unlike in some cases, you can um, you can deviate just a little. No, you no, no, cannot no, no, deviate no, no. at all with Star no, Trek because no. there is a technical Bible that must remain consistent throughout every single that episode. That too. And, and sacrosanct, absolutely. Right. You, you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you could not hem, you could not haw. Right. You're the, the chief engineer. You have to be absolutely authoritative and and and, and demonstrative. Right. And right. that's that's what the character required. That's awesome. Okay, cool. That's cool. That's just great. Okay, this is Quentin. Right, next one. Here he goes, Quentin. Hello. What real science concept that you have never seen in science but you would think would be really enjoyable to watch. That's for both of you. And that's, hmm. that's Quentin, no uh. last name. He's like Cher. He's just a male Cher. <laughs> I'm Quentin. That's it. Quentin. Quentin, that's a good one. Hmm. Uh-huh. What do you got on that, I'm I got nothing. A science fiction concept that we have yet to see depicted in science fiction. Okay, I got one. Well, I got one. Go, or a real go. science concept that you've never seen oh. stretched out to science fiction. Okay. Um, we never see in, in science fiction movies uh, and, and, and books, we never see people go to the bathroom in space. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never seen it. Tremendous. I've never seen it. Okay. Uh, okay, so we, so we need the... Okay, the first poop in space in a movie. There it is. Well, we, right? we, no we, ever... we, we know it happens. We know what's how. Funny is, we what's know funny how is it happens. In the movie The Martian, he's growing poop potatoes with other people's poop, but you never see him poop. We right. never see him poop. Right. We never see him poop. Wow. We take that leap. I'm just saying. Um, now, just now saying. I just want to see a scene in any Star Trek where they go through the automatic doors and you hear a toilet flushing in the background. <laughs> 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 right, I got a, I got a quick one. If number we one, number constants. one, I had to do a number two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's certain constants in the laws of physics. The speed mm -hmm. of light is a constant. The uh, Planck's constant defines what happens in 
in the small world of quantum physics. Mm -hmm. If you change the value of one of those constants, then exotic things happen in different regimes. So for example, suppose the speed of light were 60 miles an hour. Then as you drove down the street, 40, 50, 60, you start seeing relativity happen just in your own life experience. So I would like to see a science fiction movie where they change these parameters, even the quantum parameter. If Planck's constant were large, you would walk through a doorway and you would diffract through the doorway the way a beam of light would because it would affect you in the way it would affect subatomic particles. Wow. That would be really fun, I think. Yeah. You have you. Uh, here's another idea. I, I I'm 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 making notes because okay. this 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 is a great idea for and a you story. could do it with precision too because you know right? the exact value right. of the speed exactly. of these things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. That that's what I do. So that's my answer to Mr. One Word Name. Yes. There. Okay. There you go, Quentin. Quentin. All right. Here okay, we go. Next. Quick. We let's are, keep going. Moving keep along. Coming. Uh, this is Abhishek uh, Mathur who says this. Uh, hello, Dr. Tyson, Mr. Burton, Mr. Nice. Uh, we have all been inspired by Star Trek. Can you please tell me where the inspiration for the original series came from? Lo live long and prosper. Uh, do you have any idea? Uh, well, I, I, I know that um, you know Gene Roddenberry, um, the, the creator of Star Trek, was um, you know was a television writer, um, and he envisioned v Gene's own description of Star Trek was he he wanted to create um, what he referred to as a wagon train to the stars. Now, wagon train was a very popular. We used to have almost exclusively westerns on TV back in the early early and mid '60s. Wagon Train was a western where you you had your 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 wagon master and his sort of cadre, but the guest stars comp were made up the people that were on the the train that week, right? So it was it was sort of a cavalcade of. Of, of actors that were acting out scenarios with a core cast of, 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 of regulars um, and, and they were on their way west. Um, and that was Gene's original concept to, to do sort of a wagon train to the stars. And, and what I like most when we uh, interviewed Nichelle Nichols for Star Talk, mm -hmm. uh, what she told me, and then she said, yeah, that's so completely obvious now that you tell me that, that uh, Star Trek wasn't just simply storytelling every episode, to the extent that you could be consistent with this as a writer and as actors and everything else. Uh, the goal was that each episode had a certain dose of morality yes. to it. Right, right. That, There's a lesson like in there, take, a takeaway. And, yeah. and that, and oh my gosh, yes, mm -hmm. yes, the show was moral. It was. And I got to hand them that. And, and one other thing, uh, if you didn't think, you must have thought about this. I thought about this and I realized the Enterprise, I think, I thought about this, is the first ship, the first ship portrayed in science fiction that had no destination. Right. Oh, wow. Think about that. Every other ship, oh, we're taking this to Mars, then you get out of the ship. Right? Oh, let's take the yep. ship to the moon. Then we get out of the ship. Right? That's right? Let's go here. And then you get the ship was a vessel to transport you. It was not a. It was not its own vessel of exploration. Right. And that I think is an underheralded fact about that series. It changed. It changed what exploration is all about. That's why children weren't allowed on the bridge because they would be like, "Are we there yet?" 
Yes, you are, because the ship is the there. Yeah, it is the there. That's where we're going. We're here already. All right, Chuck, time for a couple more. Come on. Okay, here we go. go. This is. By the way, these are all from Patreon members. Yes, they are. Is that right? right? Yes. Yeah, let's go. Do they they actually sound like the way Chuck is reading them? Do do, 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 do you do research, Chuck, on who these people are? No, he don't do that. This man don't do any. No, don't even go there. All right. Okay. okay. He can't pronounce their names. Yo, come on, Neil. Stop blowing me up, man. Don't blow up. Stop Chuck. Put a shade on you there. Come on. All right. This is go. This is Elizabeth Flores. Oh my God, LeVar Burton is going to be on my favorite podcast? Oh no. Oh yes. Uh, Mr. Burton, <laughs> is there any episode from The Next Generation that you were particularly proud of that stood out to you and actually in terms of being moral or a great story? Uh, it's my favorite TV show of all time. I can't wait to hear what your answer is for this episode. You are a legend. Okay. Yes. There so there's that morality coming back yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. So Lavar, what which episode wow. do you think? Um, um, in terms of uh, morality, I think um, Measure of a Man, where um, Data was put on trial and Picard had to defend his sentience, his humanity. Oh wow! Oh, um, I remember that. I, I, oh I, my god! I gosh. think that one that that's an episode that really stands out to me as as really brilliant. Um, really brilliant in terms of, you know, wrapping itself around the idea of artificial intelligence and where is the line? Where is the line between... And that was early in that yeah, dialogue, yeah, in that it, debate, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Wow, I like abs- that. Okay. So I think Measure measure of a Man, I believe the episode is called, Elizabeth. Um, check me out, keep me honest, but I I, I do believe... All right. That's oh, I got the, it. Good, good wow. answer there. Okay. Cool. Chuck, give me two more and we'll get them fast. Go. Okay. This is Aiden Barnett. What would it take for the human race to come together and achieve a Star Trek-esque mission centered around the prime directive of protecting and preserving civilizations without interfering? When can we even, when we can't even protect and preserve our own planet? <laughs> I think you just answered okay, the question, okay. bro. <laughs> I, I actually do, I, I have thought about this a lot, in fact. And I, and I believe that a first contact with another, an aid, a, a t- us, an alien civilization, reaching out and making contact to us would be an event that had the power to get us to realize, whoa, we really are in this together. It would cause us to get our act together right away. I do believe. I thought the coronavirus would have done that. You would have thought. Because it's like you would have an thought. invading force. Right. No, it's not from outer space, but it's something that would attack all humans. And did we band together? No. no. no so, LeVar, no. no. I don't believe no, but, Yes, but I want to believe you, but I don't I, believe you. But I don't believe it would be an invading force. I believe that any 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 race of beings intelligent enough to, to figure out, you know, light how to get travel, here, yeah, how to yeah, get yeah. here, would be evolved enough to know that violence is a primitive emotion. Oh, Unless, of course... They saw this place as a McDonald's drive-through on the way to where they're going. Okay, because then we're just food. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Okay. Yep. You, just, you don't want to be food for right. them. Okay. All right, Chuck. Give me one last one before one we take a break and go on to our last segment. Okay. Uh, hello, Neil. Hello, Mr. Burton. I admire all the work you have done to make science accessible to kids, also making it cool. Uh, How can we improve science literacy 
for all. So he's, uh, that's Carrie Manberg, who's bringing in the science and the literacy, tying you guys together. So, LeVar, uh, a big part of what you do is to get people to read, enjoy reading, and fiction mm -hmm. is a big part of that. But Absolutely. at some point, the reality of the real world matters. And there's half the books published are nonfiction. Mm -hmm. So where do you, how do you, the storytelling versus the learning of the reality, is that a cog in this wheel of getting people to be scientifically literate? I believe it is because it is it is our engagement with fiction literature that exercises our imagination. The imagination is the superpower of the human being. No other species can do what we do in our minds. And in and life is a series of solving problems. The, the tool that we need most prevalent in our problem-solving exercises is what? Imaginations. Mic drop. <laughs> Can't end it any better than that. <laughs> okay. You're right, because if you have no imagination, you're just confronted with information, and you won't know what the hell to do with it. You don't, won't know what to do with it. Exactly. Sweet. No, you won't know what the hell to do with it. Okay, you won't know what Don't the hell to do with it. Don't take words out of my sentence. No, 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 okay, no. Okay, there you right. go. <laughs> the hell belonged in that sentence, dude. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. I should have tried to clean it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got to take a quick break. But when we come back, more of Star Talk with our special guest, uh, the man who is high and exalted, LeVar Burton and Chuck. <laughs> when we return on Star Talk. Hey, Star Talk fans. This next segment of our episode with the one and only LeVar Burton is sponsored by the all-electric Chevrolet Bolt EUV, the everyday electric vehicle for everyday people. The all-electric Chevy Bolt EUV has so many cool features, including the ability to engage in conversations hands-free with the industry's first hands-free driving assistance technology. You can find out more at chevrolet.com slash electric slash bolt dash EUV. Now let's get back to the show. We're back, Star Talk, which is a hybrid of conversation plus cosmic queries in this third and final segment of today's show with our special guest, LeVar Burton. I, uh, I sorry, Neil. Um, I, what? I'm going to be, I said this all show, uh, you're saying his name wrong. It's National Treasure. Lavar okay. Burton. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here it is. Here it is. If if in if in America we had knighthood, it would be Sir Lavar Burton. How Ooh, about that? Oh, nice. I like it. That sounds better than National Treasure. That's because that's, that's just yeah. He's also a National Treasure, but let's give him an, uh, an American knighthood, a Star Talk knighthood. Sir Lavar <laughs> Burton. I, I will. I will take the star. The Star Talk knighthood. Uh, I think. Part of the point of America was no monarchy. <laughs> no, you're not to saying. do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the Star Talk, the Star Talk knighthood. You I'm got in. it. The, there it in. is. Yeah. And so, Lavar, we just that's legitimate. Uh, we just came out of a whole segment with our fan base and your fan base asking mm -hmm. you questions. But uh, this one, we're going to devote to uh, a topic that's that's important to you. And so, what what's the mm -hmm. question that you have? Well, here, here's my question, and, and, and I, I, will, I will set it up with um, um, uh, a, a feeling, a thought um, that, that, I, uh, that I possess. There are no feelings on this show. Don't put feelings. 
Mark, go ahead. <laughs> there's no, there's no feelings in science. There's no feelings in science. What are you doing? There's no crying in science. There's no crying in astrophysics. Um, All right. <laughs> It is, it is clear, and, and all of the scientists, the experts, um, have, have recently come out and said that, that in terms of, of global warming um, and climate science, we have reached a point of, of no return. That, that human behavior, um, most of it in, in recent memory, um, has caused an acceleration of the warming mm-hmm. of the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there is no going back. There's no putting that genie back in the bottle. So I know that I am looking for my next vehicle to be an electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. My, my query, Neil, is given the state that we're in, do we have enough time? I mean, they say that, that we, there are certain things that we can't roll the clock back on, but there is time to make certain changes. Okay. Is there enough time? Okay, I have a simple answer for you. Well, before you answer, we're all, we're all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> well, well that no, no, means- no. This this segment actually is is has a sponsorship um, with Chevrolet, and 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 Chuck may yeah. have some insights into that yeah, for because, you, Lavar. Uh, so, Chuck, what do you have? Super excited about this because, as I always say or try to point out, I'm very concerned about the environment, as you and Lavar are as well. And uh, we're doing this segment in partnership with the uh, Chevrolet Bolt EUV. And... Uh, but that E, I bet that is, that's SUV, but it has an E in it? Yes. That's yes. clever. Okay, and but that stands for electric because I'm smart. I figured that out. Electric utility vehicle, and All right. uh, I was able to take a tour uh, of this car, uh, and uh, it's it's some really exciting technology. So I'm 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 really happy to. Talk okay, about but this. that'll be relevant only if, to Lavar's point, what okay, Lavar probably has slightly more means than most people, so he could mm-hmm. buy any car he wanted. And so, but he alone can't make this, he can't put the genie back in the bottle, but we need everyone to participate in one way or another. And so, so why is this car a part of that equation? Well, That's what I want to know. The cool thing is you want to call it the, the electric vehicle of the people, if you want, because what Ooh. they have done is made this accessible at an entry point that many people can can enter, enter the market. I mean, a price point. A, a price, price point, point huh? yeah. You okay. Know? But the truth is that um, you can, you know, it's this is a very accessible vehicle. And the people who normally drive electric vehicles right now, um, you know, they're pretty expensive. So... Uh, the expensive ones, and it's, is, it's wealthy people, you know, kind of showing off that they're very green. And you can't expect sort of your average person to spend big parts of their pocketbook just to lead the way in the green movement. You need corporations right. to meet us somewhere halfway or more than halfway, right? More than more halfway. than halfway. Yes. Yeah. 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 So this makes sense. This is good. So this is a, this is a uh, an, an an electric um, SUV that has a price point that most people can meet. And and that's that's important most people who who buy cars at all can meet it should, should who, be able to meet right. it okay and but one other thing Chuck yeah. uh, in the early days of of electric vehicles 
they had range of maybe 60 miles, 100 miles tops. So really they were like town cars. You, you'd commute with right. it. Nobody's going on any trips. First, how would you recharge it? You don't want to get stuck in the middle of nowhere. And how are you going to go on any trip because you don't have the miles to do it? Yeah. So what's going on here? So with the that? great thing, I mean, it, this is what really impressed me. So what you're talking about is range anxiety, which is kind of a hesitancy that affects a lot of people for getting an electric car, like you said. But this car has, I would say, uh, nearly a 250 mile range. Uh, depending on how yeah, that's you real distance. That's okay. real distance. Yes. And with yes. respect to what you no, said. Well, unless you live in Siberia or northern Canada, if you live in any place where people live, that'll get you to any nearest city for sure. Yeah, but before yeah. then, mm -hmm. uh, if you live in Siberia uh, or like far north Canada, you just strap a bunch of dogs to the EUV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that gets you where you got to go until you got to actually use the battery. Uh, but the Wait, I can hear the dogs talking now. They'll say, you know, when we get your ass to this destination, you're putting us in the car and we're driving <laughs> Yes, away. yes. We're riding, we're riding right. in the back from now. That's right. funny. But yeah, um, the, the great thing about uh, your other point in charging is that uh, right now there are 40,000 uh, charging stations, public charging stations that are pretty much allow you to charge on your destination to, you know, many, many uh, places in the country. And there's an app that allows you to map your trip beforehand so that if you do have to stop and charge, there it shows you where to do that. Okay, so you're not you're not blind searching for what's out there. Right. Right. Exactly. Again, because that's part of the anxiety that you mentioned. Yeah. that no one has if you have a, a gas car. Yeah. So let me get back to LeVar's question then. So um, is mm -hmm. it too late? And right. so here's what people, if you read the reports, you would learn this, but most people don't. They just see the headlines. Here's what happens. As, you, as, you, as we have warmed the earth, in part by boosting greenhouse gases, and the most famous, there's several, but the most infamous among them is carbon dioxide. And that's why we loosely speak of, speak of a carbon footprint. It's not carbon specifically, it's carbon dioxide as the footprint that the people want to reduce, because that would then reduce the trapping of heat. All right, we got that. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. As carbon dioxide picks up in the atmosphere, the oceans see it. And the oceans have their own amount of carbon dioxide dissolved in it. But if you have more in the air than in the ocean, the carbon dioxide goes into equilibrium with the ocean. So the ocean uptakes carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Not only that, as the atmosphere warms, the ocean says, hey, you can't be warm without me. I'm going to take some of that heat. And so the ocean becomes a repository for the carbon dioxide at heat that we are pumping into the atmosphere. Ah. The point is, if we just stopped all carbon emission tomorrow, took it to zero, what'll happen is that carbon will slowly come out of the atmosphere as plants absorb it and they grow and this sort of thing. But then the ocean says, hey, I can give you some more, okay? <laughs> because it's going to try to always be in equilibrium with that. And so this, so the ocean has been stockpiling our wrongdoings wow. for decades. All right, so that's why they, so when they say it's the point of no return, what they really mean is that even if we stopped, it will get worse before it gets better. Before it gets right, better. Right, that's right. And so, but to say no return ever, that's not true, no. 
yeah, yes. just but but so the language is a little uh, it, it's sharper than the actual reality, but it's the kind of sharpness we need to take action. Otherwise, yeah. uh, we're going to lose whole. We're going to lose all of Florida. Chuck wouldn't mind if that happened, but no. um, <laughs> not at all. I got I got I got family oh, in Orlando, ahead. so don't worry. We'll we'll, meta, we'll, we'll evacuate them. <laughs> okay, thank you. Chuck. Special evac thank for yeah, LeVar's family. Evac for, Le- for LeVar Burton's family. And yeah. Uh, no, yeah. So, well, I- so that's so that's the pro- that's the problem. And so and by the way, transportation is one part of the total uh, effort that is necessary. But the fact that right. that it's not just privileged people who can show off that they're green with the expense of electric cars they're buying, if everybody has access. Then it yes. could become a nat. This is directly to Lavar's concern. If if the price point is right, then it becomes a natural economic driver of doing the right thing, mm-hmm. rather than hitting yes. people on the head. So if you're, if let's say you're anti-green movement, and we probably all know people who are, maybe even relatives who came over for Thanksgiving. Right. So talking to you, Uncle that- Jimmy. <laughs> Talking to you. I don't care. Is Uncle Jimmy listening? That's right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So, so here's the thing. You, you, so you don't have to wave your finger at Uncle Jimmy. You can say, Uncle Jimmy, you spent ten thousand dollars more than you had to. And we're all driving this car, and we save money. How about you? And he'll look really stupid. Say, I prefer to spend more money and pollute. That's not so. That doesn't play. So you make the economic solution part of the solution, right. and then you yeah. then then there's no one playing high and mighty relative to other people's morals or principles. Yeah. So. Every well, go ahead, go ahead, Chevy. Go ahead, Chevrolet. They, you know, because we are going to need everybody's right. buy-in. Yes. I, yes. I mean. Planet, planet wide, we're going to need everybody's buy-in, and so having an affordable solution, um, you know, for regular folks. That's and for cool. me, I, my, my first family car—I mean, when I was a kid—was a Chevrolet, a Chevy Impala, was big it? old back when that you know land yacht, you know, one of those like, things yeah, land, fit, fit land six yacht. people across the front and the rear seat. Right. <laughs> the, kid, the kids were playing football in the back of the car. No, it'd be a pre-seatbelt. Yeah, right. so Seatbelts weren't invented yet. Yeah. That, no seatbelts in sight. That, that, that was, no that, that, that's how old I am. So it would be fun if yeah. Chevy really takes off with this. They should get everybody get together and drive their Chevy to the levee. And there th- then it's a the- now, now, now you lost everyone <laughs> under <laughs> First, listen, Mr. Gray Hair Man, don't be pulling rank on me. Hey, I'm just saying, as as much as I love Don McLean as much as the next American guy, Pie, okay? American Pie, uh, right? Uh-huh. So, so did you have another? Did you have another question? Well, so, so what does this mean then for the far future, Neo? Um, going way down the line. Okay, so we're, go- we're, we're going to get, I, I'm, I'm going to make the assumption that we're going to get to a point where planet-wide we have changed our mindset, which is really what's necessary. We have to just really change our mindset about what makes sense in, in, in automobile transportation. And clearly, the electric option is the best option going yeah, forward. Yeah, but I, I, I could take it another notch. Right? If, if, Go if, ahead. if I can, if you, please, you know, you're, you're, please. you have science fiction chops. So let me take, I, let me take it up a, a notch. Little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, a little bit. bit. He, he did a couple things, that's yeah. all. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> so, 
It's been too. It's been way too long since we've. Been I know. Out. I know. Yeah. yeah long nice. overdue. Long overdue. Long overdue. We're long. So overdue. so here, here's. Uh, let me tell you about something I tweeted long ago. All right. I was in. Was okay. it Charlotte? What's the city in in in, in North Carolina? Uh, I get Charlotte and Charlottesville mixed up. Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm, I'm there, and it's mm -hmm. an airport where I had to go from a big plane to a little plane. I've told this story before, but it has extra relevance now. And in that, okay. and I decided to have carry-on, and that was a mistake because the gate for the big plane was really far from the gate, and I'm just walking and walking, and my arm, you know, my deltoids are in pain, and I finally get to where I'm going, and I thought I'd be clever, so I got on Twitter, and I said, I can't wait until the day we have wormholes that way, all gates will be adjacent to each other. Mm. Okay, so I thought I'm being clever, right? I'm, I'm being being geek. I'm feeding the right. geek soul with that tweet, right. and then I got out geeked because there's oh, the geek spectrum, as you know, Jordy. Jordy, excuse me, as you know, Levar goes <laughs> the full. There's no <laughs> limit to the geek spectrum. Okay, so someone someone True tweeted that. back and said, Doctor Tyson. The day we have wormholes, you won't need airplanes. And I said, oh! <laughs> I said, I yeah. just got smoked on that yeah. one. So here's my point. Yeah. The, the day we have total access and manipulation of, of access to and manipulation of wormholes, the entire mm -hmm. transportation grid is rendered obsolete. So your refrigerator has a door to the produce shelf at the grocery store. You just pop it open, I need some of it, and you bring it in, and you automatically charge, you close the door, and there it is. Think Monsters, Inc. Remember, they right. took home, the monsters took home doors. They yes, opened the right. door, and the kid's closet is on the other side of the door. What no one said in that movie, and I went out screaming to everybody, this movie is about wormholes, okay? Yes. That's what this right. is about. Well, so, now, now no kid wants wormholes. <laughs> okay. Well, Every the monster will show up. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, LeVar, I'm thinking, let's take it to the very distant future. Uh, it's okay. You don't even need transporters because you're not beaming energy through space, you're just opening a portal, stepping through, coming out the other side. And that would be, the, if that's the future of transportation, imagine how much real estate is returned to the people. The, the amount right. of, uh, LeVar, you live in LA, what is the 405, 12 freaking lanes, not including off-ramps and on-ramps? Yes, how yes, much real yes, estate, yes. how much bloom is just roads and cars and pollution right. and all of this? So. Infrastructure that will not be necessary Correct. in in the far future. And in the same way today, we don't have horse stalls to put the right. the, the cabs that you would be taking right. when you came back. No, so that's that's my vision of the future. And so that's be, even beyond the electric vehicles. But we gotta go. We gotta do electric before we get there because because uh, I, I don't know when the hell we're gonna have <laughs> wormholes. Worm but I know yeah. we got electric cars. Yeah. I know we got electric cars. So, Chuck, any any final final remarks on that? It's funny that you uh, were talking about uh, technology and the EUV because one of the things that I was impressed with is the fact that one they have 
you know, hands-free driving with Super Cruise. So that's kind of futuristic, right? That's futuristic, that's right. It allows you to kind of, you know, you can engage in a conversation without being distracted by the road. The car is kind of watching things for you. I think it's really, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, 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 can, I see us heading in that direction. You said you won't be distracted by the road. And I, I mean, one of my pet peeves in Los Angeles is people driving oh, with man. their phones. Oh, right, right, right. right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, 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 you know, they, 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 they're just, their attention is split. So I, I really think that our saving grace is autonomous driving vehicles so that we don't need to be concerned with what's going on on the road, the car will make those decisions for us. No, yeah, so it'll save not only the driver, but whoever the driver might end up hitting for not having paid That's, attention. That's, right. the other traffic on the right. road as well. Right, Absolutely right, 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 right. And my favorite bumper sticker ever, which I saw in Los Angeles, was caution, driver applying makeup. <laughs> right, and that was me, so that, that, that was me, by the way. <laughs> and that, yeah, that, and was, that was you, Chuck. I don't know how you got behind me. I don't know how you got behind me. But that's why I look good. That's why I look so good. Let me just mm-hmm. say this, guys. Always pay attention while driving when you're using Super Cruise for compatible roads and do not use handheld devices. No matter what we're saying. No matter what we're saying. Okay? And viewchevrolet.com slash electric slash super dash cruise for compatible roads, which is, I mean, that's really kind of cool. But that that's the part where everything else you guys were talking about. Well, very good. Well, guys, we got to land this plane or park this car. Uh, Lavar, it's always good to see you, dude. Sorry, man, and you did it again, what? Sir Lavar. What did I do? It's good. Oh, to Sir Lavar. <laughs> sir, so, yeah, Star Talk, Sir, uh, Sir Lavar. No, it's been great to see you, and uh, it's not man. often enough. But I, I, I do, no, I do track I you on Twitter. You're, you have the like the kindest, gentlest Twitter stream. And and people still get unless pissed you come off. For me. <laughs> and, unless you unless you come for me, if you come for me, if you come for me, you better bring a fire. Uh, yes, yes, I love it. Cause cause Kunta don't uh, Kunta don't play. Wow, that's amazing. Kunta cut off half your foot and keep running. Whatever. I thought I remembered a scene like that. <laughs> a- anyhow, good. So so we had it, Lavar. Don't be such a stranger next time. Chuck, always good to have you as my co-host. And Neil, let me say uh, to everybody before we go, if you're ready to make the electric future part of your present and check out the Chevrolet Bolt EUV at chevrolet.com slash electric. And and take the virtual tour if you can. That's just saying. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist. As always, keep looking up. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. 
Through Project UP, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 